Hello there. Welcome to another life transforming sermon with Dr. Dazwe Tachero. And so uh, today I want to speak on the subject the pastor and multiplication. This side you didn't clap. I, I, I've taken note. Let me try again. The pastor and multiplication. Beautiful. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for this moment. I pray that you speak to us in Jesus' name. We all shout a big amen. amen. Last week, Benny Hinn was here. How many were in the Benny Hinn's meeting, crusade? Some of you didn't go, isn't it? But some of us went. It is one of the things that I really enjoyed doing since I was born. Because I've been following Benny Hinn for a long time. He's been in ministry for 50 years. 50 years of preaching the gospel. I started watching him when he was a very young guy. A young man. Very, very young. And he was a pastor. Before now, God moved him into world evangelism. And I just wanted to be in that environment. I wanted to be in that anointing. I've been tapping his anointing virtually through his steps, messages, and worship, you know, sessions and crusades. I've watched many of his crusades. I've watched his miracles. I'm telling you. And in fact, one day I was just saying, I think I have Benihin's anointing, but the only person who is letting me down is the keyboardist. If you can just play the songs the way they play, the anointing will flow. And the miraculous will happen. We are not mentioning names today. We are just preaching the word of God. Isn't it? So I pray that he can catch something. So I wanted to be there in that environment. Um, and you can see that Kenyans, we are not ready for the anointing. People wrote all sorts of things to castigate his anointing. Castigate the ministry of Benihim. And some were even Christians writing. And some of you are commenting in the comment section, you know, and sharing and supporting. And that's why maybe some of you did not come to Nyayo Stadium. Because your spirit was so polluted and corrupted by what you were reading on social media. But for some of us, we went. I went. And I went because I wanted to catch something. I've been following Benny Hinn for many years, and one of the things he says, and he keeps on repeating, is he got his anointing from Catherine Kuhlman. And Catherine Kuhlman was such a mighty woman of God with spectacular miracles. She was such an anointed woman, and her meetings were powerful. Her meetings were full of miracles. And Benny Hinn, as a young boy, used to go and attend those meetings. And he was not even sitting on stage. He was just in the congregation. And he followed her for many, many years. And he caught the anointing that she carried. So I went there because I also wanted to catch something. And I didn't go there so that I may be recognized, so that I may sit on stage, so that I may be whatever, given preferation, pre, uh, pre uh, a preferential treatment or be given a seat somewhere. I just wanted to be in that environment uh, so that I may catch something because I believe that the anointing can be caught from wherever you are. I believe the anointing is like hotspot. If you see hotspot and you connect and you get the password, 
It doesn't matter where you are. You get it. So I believe I caught something. Hallelujah. And so I remember the third day, it was a pastor's day, or is it a pastor's session, uh, which was a Monday, and we went as pastors, and uh, I believe there are people who went there who are not also pastors, because they were hungry for the anointing. And he started ministering to the pastors, at some point it started raining, and we were so determined. I mean, if you don't understand what the anointing is, I mean, you needed to have come to Nyayo Stadium. The anointing is so powerful that when it rains, people don't move. It rained and we didn't leave. You try and do a meeting here and then it starts raining. You'll be left there alone. So people didn't leave. I mean, the place was so packed. There was a stampede at some point. People are trying to get into the stadium and all the seats have been occupied. And the, the police had to be involved to block the gates. Anyway, on Monday, it was pastor's day, so I went and he taught and taught and taught and taught and taught. He spoke for many hours, just teaching, you know, the word of God. And then he gave an altar call. And in this altar call, he said, I want to pray for pastors who are almost giving up. Pastors who feel like they can't do pastoring anymore. They are tired of doing the work of the ministry. Let me tell you, I was so surprised. There were so many pastors who left their seats to go to the altar. Pastors who were almost giving up on the ministry. And I was there and I couldn't believe my eyes. And it got to a place where the altar was full. And now they told the pastors, who are still coming to the altar? Stay where you are and kneel where you are. God will still encourage you from wherever you are. And I saw, you know, I was next to the stage. And somehow, when I went there trying to hide, I, would, I was with Pastor Daido, Pastor Ransom, Miriam was there. I'm just trying to hide, but somehow they, somebody sees me and he picks me. And he takes me in front and I tell them bye. <laughs> so that day I was next to the stage actually I was next to the stage they wanted me to sit up there but I said no let me sit down here um, because there was a day they took me to the stage and I was sitting among pastors and I didn't like that area where pastors were seated that area was dead very very dead at some point, I'm seeing some pastors were sleeping. I didn't like the area. I wanted to be in the congregation. The congregation, there people are bursting in tongues. People are lifting their hands. People are rolling on the floor. That is where I want to be, where power is. Because I was just imagining if he turns this side of pastors and he feels resistance and some of us are there, we will miss. So the third day, they, they told me to go up there. I said, no, 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 I'm not going up there. I'm not going to the cemetery. Me, I want to be down here. Where, where power is flowing. Because most pastors feel like they have arrived. They feel like they know it all. But some of us, we are hungry. We want more. So I was down there next to the stage, just, just down there. So I saw how pastors were broken. And the altar call, most of the pastors who came in front are not the ones who came from the stage. They are the ones who are seated this other side 
the side for others. The power side. And they came on the stage. I saw pastors crying. Lifting up their hands. These are pastors who wanted to give up on the ministry. And Ben Hinn at some point he became very emotional. Yeah, you could feel his heart was so broken to see all these pastors who are almost giving up on the ministry. And I started imagining if they give up on the ministry, what's going to happen to Kenya? What's going to happen to our lives? What's going to happen to the destiny of this country? If all these men of God decide from today, I'm hanging my boots, I'm not going to preach anymore, this thing about ministry, it is over, I am closing down my church. As I was coming here, I saw somebody uh, had posted pray for pastors, and I was so interested to know why he was saying that. When I scrolled down, I saw he had posted the page of one of the pastors who had had a church and sent a message yesterday on his wall telling members that tomorrow there is no church. I'm giving up. It's over. We've closed the church. Don't come. Sent a message on Saturday telling the members, don't come. We've closed the, the church. It cannot happen. So you can see that pastors are going through a lot. And many pastors want to quit on the ministry. And I believe I know why pastors want to quit. Pastors want to quit because the society is hell-bent on downgrading the importance of a pastor in the lives of people. Pastors are despised, pastors are mocked, pastors are treated as trash. In fact, the common perspective about a pastor is skewed. Many people, their perception about who a pastor is, is twisted and it is warped. You know, one time I was playing golf with someone, playing, 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 and then at some point he told me, hey, by the way, I know your name, but I don't know what you do, because in golf, most people go there for connections. So I said, um, I am a pastor. And the guy was so shocked. He said, pastor? Because he doesn't expect pastor to be there. He thought I'll say, I'm a lawyer, I'm a doctor, I'm a professor, I am an engineer. When I said pastor, it's like he lowered his expectations concerning me. So many people, their perspective about a pastor is is twisted and it is warped. Pastors are considered unintelligent. In fact, many people think pastors are people who failed in other fields. And so pastoring became a backup plan. If you failed in mathematics or failed in <laughs> business or failed in these other fields, then the next thing that you can do is to become a pastor. So many people think pastors are unintelligent guys. Other people think pastors are lazy. They only work one day, and that is on a Sunday, and they work for only 30 to 40 minutes when they're delivering a sermon. Some people think that pastors are only good at eating in members' houses in the name of visitation. So when you think about a pastor, you're thinking about this is a guy that at some point he will come to my house. And when he comes to my house, I must make sure that I have food for him to eat. In fact, there are areas, especially in the villages, when a pastor shows up in your house, before you say anything, you take off to go and slaughter a chicken. 
bring it before the pastor. After the pastor has eaten, that's when you ask the pastor, okay, what bringeth thou to my house? You dare not ask that to a pastor who has not eaten. He might unleash curses. So they consider pastor this somebody who is just moving from house to house and every time he comes to your house, he has to eat. Others think that pastors are people who live on handouts. They have to depend on tithes and offerings for them to survive. That's why some Christians even say, I will stop tithing to see how he will survive. We will stop giving to see what will happen to him. Because they always think that the pastor has to live on handouts. And the handouts are tithes and offerings. When the pastor is doing well, they say, that's my tithe. Yeah, when his car is taking a corner, he says, my, my tithe is taking a corner. That's how they define pastors. Look, what I'm saying is true. And what I'm sharing with you is very real. And it does happen every now and then, isn't it? Some people, you know, don't trust pastors. They don't trust pastors because they believe all pastors are the same. When they hear something about a pastor, they think also their pastor is like that. When they hear something about uh, a pastor in a scandal, a pastor was caught somewhere in a hotel, you know, with a woman and is in the news and they watch the news, they want to see what did the pastor do. Ah, then they say, hey, I think ours also is like that. It's only that we have not found out. Even some husbands cannot allow their wives around the pastor. Because they don't trust the pastor. In fact, sometimes in their, there are some homes when the husband and the wife don't agree. The husband thinks it's because of the pastor that they don't agree. You're very quiet, but I know how you think. And they can even throw a word like, why don't you go to that pastor of yours? Mm, why don't you go? Go and live with that pastor of yours. Because they don't trust the pastor. They think the pastor is the one that is bringing problems in their marriages. Others think it's a lowly position that doesn't command the same respect as that of a doctor, a lawyer, a professor, an engineer, or any other prestigious profession that we have in the world today. You know, one day I was invited to go and speak in a school so that I may pray for the candidates that were about to sit for an exam. And while I was there sitting, you know, they had so many presentations. And one of the presentations was to ask, you know, these students what they want to become. Oh, wow, I was surprised. I was the pastor seated there. And, I mean, most of them were saying, I want to be a doctor, I want to be a scientist, I want to be a professor, I want to be a lawyer, I want to be an engineer, I want to be a pilot. And none of them said, I want to be a pastor. Yet they have brought a pastor to pray for them to become other things other than being a pastor. Because most parents don't think that if your child says, I want to be a pastor, it is a serious thing. In school, they don't encourage the students to become pastors. When they are talking about careers, they don't mention a pastor as career. They will mention many other things. 
So children grow up knowing that to be a pastor is a very lowly position. Yet the man they want to help their children in prayer so that they may pass their exams and become lawyers, engineers, doctors, pilots is who? Tell your neighbor we are hypocrites. So you can see that pastors are not really, really respected and honored. Yet, they play a very critical role in our lives today. The pastor is another powerful key when it comes to multiplication in your life. Imagine all those pastors that came to this crusade, if they gave up, what will happen to this country? I was imagining the other day that if God was to give pastors in the whole world like a holiday, and this holiday they are to go to heaven for 10 years, then we leave the ship behind, we leave you in the hands of Wajakoya, We leave you in the hands of politicians. We leave you in the hands of Salasia. We leave you in the hands of Sonko. If the pastors come back to the world, how will the world be? It will be a mess. It will be chaotic. So we must really understand the critical role that a pastor plays in our lives that unlocks multiplication in different aspects of our lives. Look at your neighbor and tell them, even before I continue preaching, and tell them, I love my pastor. Oh, you didn't say it nicely. You need to put some feeling. You need to put some emotion. It, it needs to come from your heart. Tell your neighbor, I love my pastor. I hope you do. I hope it's coming from your heart because a pastor is another key to multiplication in your life. It is of paramount importance that we understand the role a pastor plays in our lives because when you understand his role, it will activate multiplication in various aspects of your life. When you understand the role he plays, when you understand the important role that a pastor plays in your life and you embrace him in your life, then you are going to experience multiplication in various areas of your life. So let me give you four and then we're going to pray. Number one, a pastor watches over the sheep. The pastor watches over the sheep. Shepherds, like for example, Maasai's, we see them all over the place, isn't it? They take care of their animals. Some of them, we meet them on the road when we are driving and you can see that they are committed to the cows, that they are, uh, they are shepherding. Cows, sheep, goats, and you can see that they are moving from one place to another because they are trying to keep an eye on the on the kettle to make sure that the kettle is okay. They will know because they are always with their animals and they have such a chemistry with these animals. I've even realized some of them give them names. And when they call the names, the animals actually respond. 
So they keep an eye on these animals and they will know which animal is sick. They will know which animal is weak. They will know which animal is injured. And they will also know which animal is stubborn. They will know. They will know this one is a hard-headed cow. This one is a rebellious sheep. This one is a stubborn goat. Always eating from the neighbor's fence. They will know because they keep a watchful eye over the sheep. A pastor watches over the flock that God has entrusted him with. This is a responsibility that God has granted every pastor. So as a shepherd knows which animal is weak or injured or sick, so does a pastor knows the state of the sheep under his care. The pastor, believe me or not, knows the sheep that is prayerless. He knows the sheep that is carnal. He knows the sheep that is prayerful and spiritual. He knows the sheep that is rebellious and stubborn. He knows the sheep that is strong. He knows the sheep that is generous. He knows the sheep that is stingy and weak. The pastor knows the state of the flock because he has been granted the responsibility by God to watch over the sheep. That's why sometimes the pastor talks to you. That's why sometimes he corrects you. That's why sometimes he uses his rod. There are times he uses his staff, but there are times he uses his rod. David says, your staff and your rod, they comfort me. So he will rebuke, he will correct, he will counsel. Sometimes he'll encourage you, sometimes he'll pray for you. Because he knows you. Look at your neighbor and tell them, the shepherd knows you. Oh yes, he does. And when he talks to you, you should never take it lightly. Because he's, there's something he's seeing. And sometimes he's talking to you so that you may avoid falling into a ditch. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 17, Obey those who rule over you and be submissive for they watch out for your souls. So the shepherd is watching out for your souls as those who must give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief for that will be unprofitable for you. So if you resist the watchful eye of the shepherd, it will be unprofitable to you. And because it's unprofitable to you, you will not multiply. You will not increase. You will not progress in life. You will not experience growth in your life because you have rejected the watchful eye of the shepherd over your life. And you can see that sometimes the sheep can be stubborn. The sheep can refuse the watchful eye of the shepherd. And here the Bible is challenging us to obey and to be submissive to those who have rule over our lives because they are watching for our souls. The eye of the shepherd, the eye of the pastor is constantly on the sheep to ensure that the sheep is okay. His watchful eye is for the welfare of the sheep because if the sheep can submit to the council, the sheep can submit to the advice. The sheep can submit to the instruction that the shepherd is giving to it. Then what will happen to the sheep? The sheep will experience a profit in what, 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 whichever thing the sheep is involved in. 
The sheep will profit in the marketplace. The sheep will profit in marriage. The sheep will profit in its career. I mean, whatever the sheep does, the sheep is going to experience a lot of profitability because the sheep recognizes the watchful eye of the shepherd over its life. Am I preaching to somebody this morning? The Bible says that the shepherd is watching out for your soul. Somebody shout the soul. You know, there are people saying, ah, this pastor is too much. You're too much on my case. I mean, I'm not a child. For heaven's sake, I'm married. I have children. I'm also a boss at the place of work. Why are you following me? Why are you calling me? Why are you instructing me? Why do you want to cancel me? Why are you rebuking me? Why are you correcting me? You have beard. I have beard. You have a car, I have a car. You are a man, I'm a man. You have flesh, I have flesh. Look, the pastor is not watching over your age. I say the pastor is not watching over your age. He's not watching over your status. He's not watching over your marital status. He's watching over your soul. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Tell your neighbor, it's about the soul. It's not your age. It's the soul. And your soul has no age. It's watching over your soul. And just because you're 45 does not mean that you cannot fall. You can fall. At 50, you can fall. At 60, you can fall. At 70, you can be destroyed by the enemy. That's why he's watching over your soul. To ensure that you are profitable. To ensure that you experience profit in everything that you do. Can I hear an amen in this house? Hosea chapter 12. And verse 13. Hosea, give me the scripture quickly. By a prophet, can we read together? By a prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt. And by a prophet, he was... So deliverance is not enough. For you to be preserved, you need the watchful eye of the shepherd over your life. Egypt was preserved by a prophet. Egypt was delivered by a prophet, but also Egypt was preserved by a prophet. The sheep will be delivered through the prophet, and the sheep will be preserved through the prophet. As the shepherd is watching over the sheep, the sheep is not just delivered. But the sheep is also preserved. Can I hear an amen? Look, as long as you are under the watchful eye of a shepherd, you will always be preserved. Your family will be preserved. Your business will be preserved. Your children will be preserved. Please, if you can't say amen, just say, mm. Hallelujah. How many want preservation in their lives? Oh yes, you have to really receive the ministry of a pastor in your life so that you can be preserved, so that you can be profitable in your life. Can I hear an amen? amen. Number two, a pastor does herd the sheep. The pastor does herd the sheep, H-E-R-D. To herd means to keep a large group of animals under human control. You make them move together as a group. So the pastor has the grace to gather people from all walks of life. 
build up synergy and lead them in the same direction. I'll say that again, very powerful. The pastor has the grace to gather people from all walks of life, build up synergy, and lead them in the same direction. And because they are together and united and they are moving in the same direction, they end up achieving so much more than if they were divided. So the pastor has this grace, you know, to gather people from different walks of life. That's why you see you come and meet under, you know, one shepherd and you are from different areas, different parts of the world, different parts of the country. We have Luos, we have Luyas, we have Kalenjins, we have Kambas, we have Kikuyus, we have Tesos, we have Turkanas. Is Turkana a language? <laughs> Is it a tribe? They all gather, because it's the grace of a shepherd to bring all these people together. And when they're united, they build up synergy. And they are able to achieve so much more when they are united. But this is the thing, ladies and gentlemen, a human being is generally independent. All of us, we have tendencies of independence. A human being is generally this you know, independent-minded person. He wants to work alone. He wants to move alone. He wants to struggle alone. He wants to be alone. And he also wants to eat alone. Ask your neighbor, when am I eating your money? Please, some of you are not talking to your neighbors. Are you mad with me or what? Don't your neighbor ask your neighbor, when am I eating your money? Lay your hands on your neighbor and say, I prophesy over your life. This year, I see you buying me lunch in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Human beings are independent. They want to do things by themselves. They want to join others and move together in the same direction. There are levels you'll never attain by just being by yourself. There are dimensions, there are milestones you will never achieve if you're just alone. You need to belong to a herd. You need to belong to a church. You need to be under a shepherd. And the shepherd will ensure that synergy is created. He will build up momentum because of bringing people from different walks of life together. And they are going to attain unimaginable heights of success in ministry and in life. Can I hear an amen? That's why you see that even a shepherd will cause marriages to happen. A shepherd will cause business partnership to happen. Do you understand what I'm saying? A shepherd will cause life-changing friendships to happen. Because you meet in church and you just click. You meet in church and you fall in love. Oh yes. You meet in church and you become business partners. You meet in church and forge very strong relationships for life. And some of those relationships become very, very strong. Stronger than your blood relationships or blood ties. Is the grace of a shepherd. Do you understand what I'm preaching this morning? So the shepherd will fight to keep these animals together. He will fight to keep the sheep together. He will fight to ensure that you know, the sheep is united. And they kick out the attitude of independence. And they will fight 
They will try and fight intruders. Anybody that tries to come and to saboteur, as a saboteur to try and sabotage, you know, God's agenda within the church so that he may be able to, you know, thwart the plans of God from being fulfilled. So the shepherd brings people, you know, together and he will fight the wolves. Somebody say wolves. He will fight the wolves so that unity is maintained. You see, there are, no, there are people who don't like even seeing people moving together in the same direction. They don't like to see a united church. They don't like people working together in unity. And Satan can enter into their hearts for them to become wolves, to come and scatter and try and destroy the beautiful church that a shepherd is building by bringing people of different, um, of different tribes and languages and professions together to fulfill one common goal. Jesus said this in John chapter 10, verse 12. He says, because he was comparing a true shepherd and a hireling. He says, but a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, but a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and he flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. Look at that. A hireling is there, yes. But when the wolf comes to devour the sheep, what does a hireling do? He takes off and he leaves the sheep and he flees. He's fleeing for his life. He wants to protect his life. And then the wolf catches the sheep and scatters the sheep. So if there was marriage, the marriage is scattered. If it was a business partnership, it is destroyed. If they were building a church, the project ceases. If they were planting churches, they stop planting churches because they are now scattered. Look at the next verse. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. Yeah, his heart is not for the sheep. He does not care for the sheep. Next verse. I am, Jesus says, the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I'm known by my own. So we have a hireling, yes, but we also have good shepherds. So when the hireling sees the wolf, the hireling will run away. But when the shepherd sees the wolf, the shepherd will fight the wolf. The shepherd will go after the wolf. The shepherd will roll up his sleeves and fight the wolf to ensure that the wolf doesn't scatter the sheep. That's why we preach certain messages, to fight the wolf. That's why we are militant sometimes when we are preaching. It's not because we are, we are beating the sheep. We are after the wolf, the wolf that has infiltrated the camp to come and destroy the church of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And I want to declare, no wolf will scatter this church. As long as I'm a shepherd in this ministry, no wolf will destroy this church. I will use every ounce of my strength to be able to fight every wolf that will try and destroy this church in the name of Jesus. Can I hear louder? Amen. Look at the nice vibe we have in the church. Beautiful worship. Nice church. Wonderful church. Now we are in our own place. We are now building. 
But there is a wolf that is not happy. When we post pictures on Facebook and we are happy, we are worshipping, there is a wolf somewhere which is not feeling very nice. Yeah? The wolf has a potato in the throat. Hot potato in the throat. And the wolf is planning to come and destroy the church. But that wolf should know that there is a shepherd in the house. And the shepherd is not asleep. The shepherd is ready to fight any wolf that will try and scatter the church. And I come to announce to you that this church will not scatter. This church will not end. This church will not be destroyed. Because there is a strong anointed shepherd in the house. Who will fight for the sheep in the name of Jesus. Can somebody lift your hands and shout a louder. Amen. Oh yes. As long as I'm here I'll fight. I'll fight the wolf until the end. I'll scatter the wolf until the end. Yes, I will confront the wolf head on. Hallelujah. With teachings, with preachings, with messages, with counsel, with rebuke and correction. And no wolf will survive in the city of transformation. Because ladies and gentlemen, I am not a hireling. I am a shepherd. I am a good shepherd. I know my sheep. And my sheep know my voice. And the voice of the stranger, it will not follow. Shout aloud, yes. Give somebody a high five and tell them I'm a sheep. I'm not a wolf. Look at what we have been able to achieve together. And look at what we are already achieving together. We are building a 3,500-seater, state-of-the-art, futuristic, cosmopolitan. Come on, talk to me, somebody. By just coming together with no bank loan, with no help from a missionary, it's just through giving, tithes and offerings. We have two and a half acres in a prime area. No loan. I say and I repeat, no loan. Because of coming together. And even the sanctuary, we shall finish it. Because it's a miracle cathedral. We shall finish. We shall complete it. I wish I got a louder amen in this. We shall complete it in the name of Jesus. Oh yes. And soon we shall worship there. I see you lifting your hands in the miracle cathedrals. I see you dancing in the miracle cathedral. I see us praying in the miracle cathedral. I see myself officiating your wedding in the miracle cathedral. I see myself dedicating your babies in the miracle cathedral. Can I have a witness in this house? Tell your neighbor we will do it. And we can do it. Number three. A shepherd carefully tends the sheep. Carefully tends the sheep. A shepherd carefully tends the sheep. Genesis chapter 2 verse 15. Then the Lord, the Bible says, Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend it. The word there is to tend. T-E-N-D. To tend the garden. Now, when you read it from the KJV, it says, and the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress. So to tend and to dress is one and the same thing. 
So to dress and to tend is to to trend, uh, to tend rather is from the Hebrew word abad, a b a d, and it means to work or to cultivate, which leads to adornment, embellishment, or decoration and improvement. So in other words, the shepherd tends the sheep to bring out improvement, beauty, adornment in the life of the sheep. A pastor cultivates the sheep until beauty, glory, and improvement is visible. Cultivation, ladies and gentlemen, involves watering, adding manure, pruning, cutting, shaping, all this, you know, sums up the word cultivation. And sometimes as he's cutting and pruning the sheep, it is painful for the sheep. Sometimes when he's trying to correct and, you know, cut here, rebuke here, cultivate here, you know, tears flow, isn't it? Sometimes the rebuke can be harsh. The instruction can be difficult. But those who stay put, those who say, I will not leave because I'm going through a tendering process, their lives undergo a significant transformation. Hallelujah. I think I've been in this church longer than all of you. I've been in this church before it started. I am member number one. Zero, zero, one. <laughs> Isn't it? I remember when we were planting this church, we literally spent the night in the hall. Because we were trying to do decorations, we were trying to make the place ready for the launch. So we were not even ready to spend in the night, uh, to spend the night in the church, but we did. Because I just wanted to go to bed when I know everything is ready. So by the time I wanted to go to bed, it was the following morning. I thank God for another sister who brought us tea. She brought us tea to drink. That was our dinner. So I was the first member. Then when we opened the doors of the church, people started coming. And let me tell you, I have seen what, what tendering of the sheep can do. I have seen what cultivation of the sheep can do. I have seen people come broken, but after a while, they became whole. I have seen people who came hopeless, had given up on life. And after going through cultivation, through messages and teachings that have been flowing from the pulpit, their lives have changed. I have seen people who came with matutas. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, I used to have matutas. Some of you don't understand that language. And the word of God has transformed their lives. Look, I wish I can give you testimonies upon testimonies. I've even seen people who never used to smile. Yet they were in church, a happy place. But now they can smile. They are happy to serve God. Hallelujah. I've even seen people who had given up on marriage. But as we are speaking right now, they are already married. Under this ministry, I have seen people who came who were so broken because of their past and because of what they had gone through in the past. But through preachings and teachings of the word of God, their hearts have been repaired. 
Look at your neighbor and tell them, Pastor is talking about me. Mm-hmm. Is the tendering? Is the tend- The pastor is tending, is tending the, standing the sheep, tending the sheep, cutting here, improving here, bringing out the beauty in the lives of the people. You know, you came with ugliness, you came with a smell, a stench from your past. But after sitting under the teachings of the past and your life is cultivated, you receive hope, you receive encouragement. All of a sudden, your vision is broadened. You believe again. Hope is rekindled in your heart. You start dreaming again. You had given up on your dreams. You had given up on your future. But every time you come to church, the pastor tells you you can make it. He tells you you can do it again. He tells you as Peter went back to launch into the deep, you can go back where you failed and launch into the deep. And look at you right now. Look at how God has blessed you. Now you have a car. Now you have a wife. Now you have children. Now you have a good job. Now you have a good business. Now you're even building a house. And soon we shall be dedicating your house. That is the cultivation that has taken place. I wish somebody can give God praise for the cultivation, for the dressing, for the tending that has taken place in their lives. Can I hear an amen? Look at your neighbor and tell them it is not luck. It is not luck. Because some people think it is luck, that it was, going, it was just going to happen. It is not luck. It is the ministry of a shepherd over your life. Some of you, if you never came to church, when you came to church, maybe you could have committed suicide. Maybe you could be in the grave today rotting and the maggots will be eating you up. But thank God that you came to church. And after you came to church, the pastor started cultivating you. Tending you, preaching to you, encouraging you. Now you can serve God. You have found purpose. You want to live. You want to cross 70 with ease. Before you came, you didn't even want to go past 40. Now you want to go past 70 because of cultivation. In fact, I prophesy that this is the lowest you will ever be. I prophesy that this year will be better than last year. I prophesy your finances will go to the next level. I prophesy you will grow and increase like never before in the name of Jesus. I prophesy that you are going to the next level in the name of Jesus. There will be growth and increase in your life like never before in the name of Jesus. If you believe it, shout a louder yes in this house. I want you to help me preach by touching three or four people around you and tell them I am going to the next level. I am going to the next level beauty will come out of my life beauty will come out of my life prosperity will come out of my life goodness and mercies will come out of my life I will not remain in this level I am in in the name of Jesus as I sit under the teachings of my shepherd my finances will change my children will change my future will be brighter my health will improve my mental state will improve. If you believe it, shout a louder yes in this house. Can you give God your best praise because of what he's about to do in your life? Glory to God. Sit down. I give you the last one. Number four. The pastor constantly feeds the sheep. The pastor constantly feeds 
the sheep. The word pastor is from the Greek word poimen. Pastors from the pews, are you here? And it means one who feeds. A pastor provides pasture for the sheep. Can you say that? A pastor provides pasture for the sheep. Say it again, but quickly, a little bit quickly, faster. What did your neighbor say? I wish I can hear what your neighbor said. Say it again. A pastor provides pasture for the sheep. A pastor provides pastors from the sheep. (laughs) So he provides pasture because the sheep needs food. Hallelujah. You know, one time a member asked me, Pastor, he told me, Pastor, ah, you're preaching too much. Your preaching is too much. You're preaching on Tuesday. You're preaching on Friday. You're preaching. Ah, it's, it's too much, Pastor. You're killing us with food. And I asked her a question. How many times do you eat in a week? Physical food. Please answer me. How many times do you eat in a week? Physical food. Because some of you are doing like four meals in a day, isn't it? (laughs) Is there anybody here who wakes up at midnight to eat? You know, I visited a family where at night I had commotion in the house. Commotion. Hey. When I woke in the morning, woke up in the morning, I asked the host, what was happening at night? He told me, as we wake up in the midnight to go and eat. Hey. Mercy. Look at your neighbor. Do they eat at midnight? Just look at them. May may you exercise discernment and tell me if your neighbor eats at midnight. Hey! How many times do you eat in a week? Physical food. At least 21 times, isn't it? So what makes you think you will only survive on one meal, spiritual meal in a week? If you can't survive on one meal in a physical meal in a week, what makes you think you can only survive on one spiritual meal for a week? That's why you need pasture, you need food. And you need to eat as many times as possible because you have devils to fight. You have demons to contend with. You have life to deal with. You have decisions that you need to make. There are things that you have to do and you need to be fed, well fed spiritually, fortified spiritually, so that you can be able to deal with these things. You see, the story I gave you of Masais, the reason why you see them on our roads and we are mad is because they are looking for food for the cattle. And if they hear there is food this end, they will move the cattle that direction. Isn't it? If they hear that there is food this direction, they will move the cattle this direction. And they will not care which route they use. They can even block the entire road. Because for them, they know your car is not alive. Even if it stalls, you can bring fuel and the car will revive again. They know if I lose one cow 
I can never revive it. It is gone. And that is a lot of money as well. Isn't it? In fact, if these Maasai's were allowed to use expressway, you'll be so surprised. You'll be seeing cows on the expressway going all the way to Westlands, coming back in the evening. As you are going to work, they are also going for pasture. When you return, they are also returning to go and rest after eating, isn't it? So, the pastor provides pasture for the sheep. Because the sheep needs to be fed. You see, your child doesn't know that he needs food. Your child doesn't know that. That's why your child can play the whole day. And he doesn't know his hunger. He is thinking the hunger is motivation to play more. You are the one who will call your child and say, hey, come here, come and eat. Isn't it? Oh, yes. So, the pastor provides sheep so that the sheep can eat and the sheep can be strong. And when the sheep is strong, then the sheep is able to produce. Praise the Lord. You know, one time I saw a picture. Can I share with you this? I, I, show, I, I saw a picture of two mothers with babies. And those mothers were breastfeeding their babies. And they were sitting on the same bench. And one mother had, you see, the nini was slightly big. The, you know, there are people who are endowed. They are blessed. Yeah, they, they are blessed. They are blessed here. Really, really blessed. And there are people, the thing is like a guava. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like a dot. You know, it's, it's just there. And so, so one, one of the mother's head, you, you know what I mean? It was, yeah, the one that you don't even have to remove it. You just kneel or lean and the thing is out. Yeah, you know the guava one, it, it takes hard work. Huh? You have to locate it. You, you look for it where it is. You know, so, so one, one baby was breastfeeding from the guava one. And the other one was breastfeeding from the, maybe we can use a popo, popo one. <laughs> so I don't know what happened. The one who was breastfeeding from the guava one saw the popo one. And he stopped breastfeeding and started crying for the popo one. He said, I want that one. That one looks like it has more milk. But do you know it's not true? It is not the size. It doesn't matter the size. If that is the mother, when the child puts the mouth there, the milk will begin to flow. Do you understand what I'm talking about? And you see, many times, believers think that if I can only get a glamorous pastor, if I can only get a watermelon, <laughs> pastor, or a popo pastor, yeah? 
who has a popo size whatever, then I will really breastfeed. That is not true. Size does not matter. What matters is where your mouth is. Oh Lord, help me. Help me Lord. I, I say what matters is where your mouth is. If you put your mouth in the right place, milk will flow. I say milk will flow. This morning, may milk flow your direction in the name of Jesus. May anointing flow your direction in Jesus' name. May the grace of multiplication flow your direction in Jesus' name. Am I preaching to the right crowd in this house? I say may the blessing of multiplication flow your direction in the name of Jesus. Ask your neighbor for me, where is your mouth? Some of you are busy salivating over the popo pasta. And you have left your guava pasta. And the milk is dripping. The milk that is meant to benefit your life. Because I believe the right person to breastfeed a child is the mother. Because the mother has colostrum, which is, has, is the necessary nutrient in the life of a child to build up immunity in the child. So that the child can be strong and be able to fight diseases. But you have let the milk from the guava pasta to drip to the ground. And you are salivating over the purple. And there are people around the popo, so you don't have a chance to get to the popo. Because even that pastor has his own children that he has given birth to. That's why they are there. And you are leaving your guava pastor. Hey, tell your neighbor, put your mouth in the right place. I challenge you this year, put your mouth in the right place. Put your eyes in the right place. Focus in the right direction. And milk will come your direction. This morning I profess you will not leave here hungry. Receive an impartation of the anointing. Receive an impartation of grace of multiplication. May you increase greatly. Shout a louder amen. May you receive what you need for your next level. Shout a louder amen. Sit down. Jeremiah chapter 3. Verse 15. Jeremiah. Jerry. <laughs> All right, give me from KJV. Change the version. All right, let's read. And I. Uh huh. Which with so the pastor has been given to you, even if he's a guava pastor. <laughs> to do what? To feed you with what? With knowledge and understanding. Knowledge is accumulation of facts. Understanding is understanding what you have accumulated in your head and in your spirit. 
Those the pastor will feed you with those two things, knowledge and understanding. When you put your mouth in the right place, knowledge will begin to flow. Understanding will begin to flow. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor one more time, put your mouth in the right place. Then look at verse 16. And I finish with that. And it will come to pass. After you are fed with knowledge, after you are fed with understanding, what will happen? And it will come to pass when ye be multiplied and increased in the land. Stop there in these days. That means when a pastor comes into your life and begins to feed you with knowledge and understanding, what will happen next is you will multiply. Oh, you missed a place to shout amen. I say you will multiply. And you will increase in your days. Oh yes. Increase will begin to take place in your life. Because you have put your mouth in the right place. Knowledge is flowing. Understanding is flowing. It is getting to where you are. And as you receive knowledge... As you get understanding, what will happen next is you will multiply and you will increase. Can I hear an amen? amen. I declare to you this year, in our year of multiplication, as you put your mouth in the right place, may you multiply. As you sit under my teachings, may you multiply. As you go through the tea track, may you multiply and increase. As you listen to my sermons on podcasts, on YouTube, on Facebook, may you multiply and may you increase. Shout a louder, amen. May your finances multiply. May your businesses multiply. May your joy multiply. May your peace multiply. Can I have a louder amen in the house? May your finances multiply. May everything that you want to see grow, may it grow this year. In the name of Jesus. Give somebody a high five and tell them, this year I must multiply. Oh, they didn't hear you. Tell them one more time. This year, I must multiply. I prophesy as my voice gets to you. I prophesy as my teaching settle in your heart. I prophesy as my sermon settle in your spirit. May you increase. May you multiply. May you experience growth. May you experience increase. May your finances multiply. May your joy multiply. May your businesses multiply. May your family multiply. May you go to the next level. Shout a louder, yeah! Shout a Holy Ghost, yeah! Give somebody high five and tell them, neighbor, 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 this year, I will not despise the teachings of my shepherd. Turn to another and tell them, neighbor, this year, I will not take lightly the preachings of my shepherd turn to another one and tell them neighbor neighbor this year I shall not take lightly the messages of my pastor and I prophesy as as you believe as you believe in the teachings of your shepherd 
in the preachings of your shepherd I see you multiplying I see you increasing I see you going to the next level I see the anointing multiplying in your life I see the grace of God multiplying in your life I see opportunities multiplying in your life if you believe it shout a louder yeah can you clap your hands and give God your best praise in this house Come on, you can do better than that. Let's give him a shout of praise. Everybody lift up your hands and talk to God for a minute. Hallelujah. Pray for yourself that you will put your mouth in the right place. Yes, you will draw. You will draw. You will draw. You will put your mouth in the right place. You put your mouth in the right place. You will draw nourishment. You will receive the word. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, In the right place. In the right place. Come on, everybody. Pray for yourself. You put your attention, your eyes, your mouth in the right place to receive. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. In the right place. In the right place, in the right place, in the right place to receive, to receive, to be blessed, to be impacted, to go to the next level. You put your mouth, you put your eyes, you fix your eyes, you fix your attention in the right place to receive. That multiplication and increase may take place in your life in the name of Jesus. Oh, yes. Come on. Everybody pray. Everybody pray. Everybody pray. You're praying for yourself. You will not be distracted. 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 Oh, yes. Yes, Lord. You will not be distracted. Nothing will distract you. No one will distract you. No spirit, no devil, no demon will distract you. In any way, in the name of Jesus, you'll be focused. You'll be connected. You'll put your mouth in the right place. You will draw and receive in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Jesus everybody lift your hand and say father in Jesus name I receive the word from my shepherd the word that has power to activate increase and multiplication in my life this year I open my heart I open my spirit to receive preaching, teachings of my shepherd. I will believe in the teachings of my shepherd. I will practice the teachings of my shepherd. I will embrace the teachings of my shepherd. And Lord, I know, Lord, I know, Lord, I know that I will multiply in various aspects of my life increase progress elevation promotion will be my portion 
in the name of Jesus father I will not despise mock downgrade the importance of a shepherd of a pastor over my life my reverence my honor over my pastor is shifting to the next level in Jesus name and you shout a big amen can you give him your best praise in this house lift your hands I want to prophesy over your life I prophesy as your shepherd may you multiply may you multiply may you increase greatly in the name of Jesus if you've been earning salaries or your salary in thousands I pray for an upgrade I prophesy an upgrade over your life this morning may you move to millions in the name of Jesus if you only have one business I prophesy an upgrade may you have multiple streams of income multiple businesses in the name of Jesus if you've never been promoted for the last five years I unlock your promotion this morning may you receive a promotion letter before the end of this year in the name of Jesus you will not stagnate you will increase you will grow you will progress you will experience multiplication you will move to higher dimensions in the name of Jesus if you believe it shout a louder yes in this house you will not be the tail you'll be the head you will not be beneath you'll be above may you be exalted may you be elevated may you progress may you increase to the right to the left in the name of Jesus may you never see poverty again in your life in Jesus name thank you for listening to this podcast you can now get in touch with Dr. Dazo Tachero on Facebook Instagram and Twitter